The Celtics zigzagged their way to a very frustrating loss in San Antonio. I'm going to talk about it on this Thursday Locked On Celtics. Millie, let's go. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. Wherever it is that you're going, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, I hope you are enjoying yourself a little bit more with the sounds of the Locked On Celtics podcast playing through your headphones. I'm John Corrales. I host the show on a Monday through Friday basis. And I am also the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which is now available at bookstores everywhere. The Boston Celtics lose to the San Antonio Spurs 110-106. I swear, in the beginning of this game, through a quarter and a half, I was like feeling myself. I was ready. I was talking smack to Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs. Things were going the way I thought they were going to go. I said Daniel Tice was starting. They started Kemba, Smart, Jalen, Jason, and Tice. And I said, yep, that's the, the, the lineup that I called for. They... We're getting turnovers. Tice was spreading the floor. Okay, he was having trouble with LaMarcus Aldridge. But I thought through a quarter and a half, I'm like, they, they feel like, this feels like in control. Sure, the Spurs were hanging around, but this feels in control. And then with six minutes to go in the second quarter, the whole thing just imploded. Imploded. The... San Antonio Spurs went on a massive run. They it was a a 21 to 6 run that involved a lot of Keldon Johnson, LaMarcus Aldridge hitting threes, some insane turnovers from Jason Tatum. 3 times, 3 times Jason Tatum inbounded the ball and turned it over. I don't know that I've ever seen three inbounding turnovers in a single game from any team combined. And Tatum did them all in the third quarter. That is is inexcusable. And then the Celtics made runs and the Spurs made runs and the Celtics went up and, you know, the third quarter they came back from from the deficit that, that they went into halftime and Then the Spurs made their run and whatever. Fourth quarter was kind of back and forth. The Celtics had their chances, but uh, Kemba Walker was stripped clean by DeJounte Murray, and the Celtics had, after a Tatum three-point play, they had Marcus Smart. They they worked the ball around. Marcus Smart had a chance to win this game, but the shot front-rimmed on a corner three. They, They did okay there, but overall... This game was frustratingly bad defensively. I'm going to save the defense talk for the third segment. The second segment will be the bad stuff. Let's start the first segment with the good stuff. There was some good stuff here. The Celtics had a chance to win. They didn't play well, but they still were right there against you know a, a decent team. The Spurs team is inconsistent, but they've got talent 
And so the Celtics, uh, you might have heard if you listened to yesterday's show or yesterday's Locked on Spurs, where it's Jeff and I kind of split and we each kind of guessed it on each other's show. The Spurs average 10 turnovers a game and the Celtics forced 19 of them. 22 points off of those uh, turnovers. Now, the Celtics should have had more than 22 points off those 19 turnovers, but it's still good. And 19 turnovers, you basically doubled them up on what their season average is. That should have been enough to win the game right there. And the Celtics only committed 10 turnovers. So when you look at the, the stats from this game, just overall, the Celtics really had a strong chance to win. The problem here, when you look at it, is the Spurs shot 56% from the field and the Celtics shot 43%. They couldn't make up a big difference at the three-point line. They couldn't make up a big difference at the free-throw line, although they they shot uh, 12 of 14 from the line. The Spurs were 10 of 16, and the Celtics were 10 of 30 from three. The Spurs were 8 of 28. But the real difference here was the points in the paint and the two-pointers. That That's going to be covered in the bad stuff. The Celtics had their opportunities here. They forced a ton of turnovers. That part of the defense was good. It's like, and a lot of those turnovers, half of them came in the first quarter and a half. And I thought for, for sure that that was going to continue – as part of like that good trend of the Celtics growing their lead. Now, Robert Williams, also part of the good, had some good stretches. Now, Rob didn't play a ton, 13 minutes. Now, I'm curious about, I think part of this might have been COVID. After the game, there were so many other things to talk about. We didn't really get into why Robert Williams only played 13 minutes, but he is still recently recovered from COVID-19 and it was a COVID-19 battle that included symptoms at least for part of it. So I think that may have impacted how much he could do. I think maybe not, but the 13 minutes that he was on the floor, I think were mostly good and he deserves some recognition for that. The Celtics went to a zone in the third quarter that went well. I think the Celtics, the willingness for Brad Stevens to go into the zone, the execution of the zone, it didn't, it didn't um, cause complete mayhem. But what it did was it stopped the San Antonio Spurs from driving and attacking and dunking all over the Celtics, getting a ton of layups, which they got to end the second quarter. That third quarter zone kind of saved the Celtics for a while and gave them that opportunity to win. It just kind of it kind of neutered the Spurs offense for a bit. They went from attacking to just swinging the ball around the perimeter and, and just kind of waiting for a jump shot, which is totally fine. Like that worked out very well. The Celtics gathered those misses and Jalen Brown started carrying the offense. He had Uh, 13 in the fourth quarter, which was um, 14, 14 in the third quarter on five of seven shooting. And 
that playing off of the zone and the misses, I mean, that's, that's the formula for success. You stop the other team via turnover or missed shot. You get out into transition. Jalen Brown had a big third quarter. And that was, it looked like the Celtics were going to go into this fourth quarter. And, and maybe they, they did certainly have what, what felt like some momentum into the fourth quarter. The Spurs hung around. The Celtics had opportunities down the stretch. But that third quarter zone was was really the I would if Marcus Smart had hit that shot, I would call it the game saver. But he didn't hit that shot. And I just want to shout out the bench effort there. There was a lineup in for the first 6 minutes of that um of that second quarter and it was um, Tatum and Robert Williams, Javante Green, uh, Shemi Ojale, and uh, I'm forgetting the fifth guy, but um, that, that lineup didn't play particularly well overall, but they put in the defensive effort, which I thought obviously was important. They were forcing a bunch of turnovers. They were active. And it's so funny to think about how much that like switched, like instantly that switched. But that lineup for, you know, Brad Stevens went, what, 12 deep into the second quarter. He was really trying to uh, get guys some some rest and minimize the, the, I think minimize the wear and tear on on everybody, try, trying to not overtax everybody here at this point of the season, because there are guys on minutes restrictions, and you know obviously you don't want to go too crazy with Jason Tatum. He, people, I, and I judge a lot of things from Twitter because I'm on Twitter all the time. I know this isn't universal, but people are like, "Oh, you should have played Jason Tatum more," but you know he's he is this is his second game off of COVID, like. Give him a break. And he played 36 minutes, so like, well, whatever. Um, That bench effort was good. The defense was not great, and other elements of that, uh, I'll get into that second quarter run by the Spurs, that final six minutes, that was not good. So I'm going to get into that next if you go shopping at one of those chain stores for your auto parts, or if you go to a dealership, that is the equivalent of that last six minutes of the second quarter. The third quarter, where it was all great, is basically the equivalent of rockauto.com, or the first quarter where the Celtics looked good. Rockauto.com eliminates a lot of the hassle, eliminates a lot of the guesswork. You're going to go into one of these chain stores. You're going to give a person behind the counter all of your car's information anyway. And that person's going to enter all of that information into some database. Why bother? Why don't you sit down in front of your computer or on your phone, enter that same information into rockauto.com, and instead of getting results that are only in that store, whatever brands that store happens to carry, have a partnership with, you go to rockauto.com, you get all of the parts that you're looking for, all of the different options for that one part that you're looking for. And you can do it from 
the comfort of your own home. And unlike those chain stores, rockauto.com does not have different price tiers for the pros and for do-it-yourselfers. Their prices are the same, the same for everybody. They're reliably low. The catalog is unique, easy to navigate. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So no matter how complicated or how simple a part that you need, seriously, something deep in the engine that I don't know about, you can get it there. A floor mat, you can get it at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you buy something, make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? That's how they know we sent you by writing locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today. It's a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. It's a good podcast. This is the bad section of this this podcast, though. The Boston Celtics basically lost this game in the final 6-13 of the second quarter. And it was all fueled by a Keldon Johnson uh, eight points in that last six minutes kind of run where the Celtics all of a sudden, after after Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker checked in, all of a sudden the defense fell apart. That's the most amazing thing when it, w- with this team. How is it possible that the Boston Celtics, with two of their best defenders, can come in after Jason Tatum and... The rest of the bench group held it down for the first half of the, the quarter. How do you come in at 613 with the score 41-34? They come in, Shimmy Ojale is at the line, he hits that free throw. So when they start playing, it's 41-34. The halftime score was 61-47. How is that possible? The Celtics just let Keldon Johnson go nuts. They were horribly out-hustled. And then all of a sudden, LaMarcus Aldridge 3, LaMarcus Aldridge 3, LaMarcus Aldridge layup. It was was embarrassing, embarrassing. The Celtics went from in control and looking good and able to piece together – a decent performance by going deep into their bench and not overtaxing their guys. And then you bring in two of your best defenders, three of your best players, and San Antonio immediately goes on a massive run. And the Celtics, they call timeout with 4.22 to go with a three-point lead, 43-30. to And they only scored two more times after that. 
Smart hit a couple of baskets in succession, a floater and a, and a layup within 40 seconds of one another. And that was it. That was it. It's really embarrassingly bad. And I'm going to talk about the how bad that was in, in the defense in the next segment. So that is... Uh, I, I just won't belabor that point right now. I'll just say that that was some of the worst basketball. They looked as bad as they looked against the Knicks in that six-minute stretch. Daniel Tice, I thought, was okay for a while, but then he just kept getting roasted by LaMarcus Aldridge. How do you let LaMarcus Aldridge put the ball on the floor, turn the corner, and dunk on everybody? No one should be letting LaMarcus Aldridge dunk on them. Daniel Tice, basically, uh, what did he play? Like 13 minutes in this game? 12 minutes. 12. Because he just kept getting roasted by LaMarcus Aldridge. Another problem in this, too much individual play. The, the Celtics only had 15 assists in this game. And they made 42 baskets. So 15 assists on 42 makes. That's a lot of individual play, a ton of individual play. They just, and and this is part of the chemistry thing. So I'm not going to get too worked up about this particular aspect, but it's still too much individual play. When you go back and you look at this game and how the Celtics need to work in Kemba, Tatum, and Brown. And I tried to ask Brad Stevens after the game, Hey, you know, what do you, what'd you think about these guys? And he was just so pissed off that he just like, you know what? I'm not going to evaluate that group. And I wanted to get a sense of how he felt they played together, but he was, he was pissed off about the whole thing. So that was, that that was never going to get <laughs> an actual answer, but they didn't move the ball. I think because they just kind of reverted back to the a couple years ago when the, you have a ton of talent and you say, "All right, well, th- it's not working, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take my turn and you take your turn when the ball comes to you." And so I, I think I think Tatum was doing that a ton, and some of it was working for sure, for sure it was working, but at the same time, you could move the ball a bit and still have still make sure you get your shots. Like it, he, he's not alone. Like this was just, I thought Marcus smart, Marcus smart was good. He had a, like an awesome stretch, but then I think he slowly morphed into trying to do too much because it looked like the other guys weren't hitting. Jalen Brown looked somewhat mortal in this game after a full season, basically of playing out of his mind. He actually had a, fairly normal stat line. Eight of 19 shooting. Yeah, he hit three of six from three. Got to the line six times. That's nice. He hit five, 24 points, five assists, four rebounds. That's a nice night for Jalen Brown. But on 19 shots, that's that's a, a low a low percentage for Jalen Brown this season. Guys were too caught up in the individual play. And um, I think when you see other guys like the Celtics didn't shoot well overall, 43%. Okay, I'm going to try to pick up my teammates. But that ends up becoming an individual foray, and it's well-intentioned, but not 
really the the results don't don't match your intentions. So that I think they'll figure out. The defense I got a problem with. The Celtics allowed the Spurs to shoot 27 of 33 in the paint. 27 of 33 in the paint. That is obscene. I should bleep that number out. It's so obscene. I'll talk about the defense and you hear Brad Stevens, a very frustrated Brad Stevens next. So I'm not betting on the Celtics having this poor of a defensive effort against the Lakers. And now the, the Celtics Lakers line isn't out yet on betonline.ag. I have a feeling that against the Lakers, they're going to be a little bit more pumped up, a little bit more connected. So it'll be interesting to see what the line is on betonline.ag and then how the that affects like the over-under. Now that's the one place that has you covered when it comes to betting on sports and the one place we trust on Locked On. So go to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account. Use a promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever you deposit, 50% on top of that, 50% of that number on top of what you deposit. So you're going to win right away. Obviously, the Super Bowl is coming up. It's a fun game to bet on because they have a ton of prop bets. So you can bet on on all sorts of things. Uh, you, you don't even have to bet on the actual football. Coin tosses, uh, timeouts, all the craziness. Obviously, the NBA is in session. And so you can bet in-game stuff on the NBA on lock, on uh, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Please gamble responsibly. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Protein Bar does not have to be a big block of chunky, dry, whatever your protein bar has been in the past. Trust me, I've had them. Those big, dense blobs that you just choke down after a workout because you think it's good for you. You do not have to do that anymore. You do not have to bring a gallon of water with you in the car when you're running out and you grab a protein bar for for a quick on-the-go breakfast on your way to work because you woke up late. Get yourself a Built Bar. It is delicious. It tastes like a candy bar, and it comes in 18 amazing flavors, including plenty of them in non-nut flavors. So if you have an allergy, you are covered. They have 100% chocolate covering. They're soft. They're easy to chew. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, Built Bar is perfect for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. If you're on a keto diet, this is perfect for you. I love the peanut butter ones. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 net carbs. Pop those into your gym bag. After you're done working out, you grab one. That's going to get nice nutrition into your body after a workout. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Even if you just want to start with one box and then go back and buy more later to make sure you enjoy them and you pick a flavor that you like, I think that's a great idea. You go buy one box, the mixed box with a bunch of the flavors. You try all of the different flavors. You figure out what you like, what you don't like. You pick out three or four. Go back. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN again. You're going to get 20% off those four boxes that you buy. Stock up at BuiltBar.com. 
Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. On the Rejecting the Screen podcast, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two-part special this week. Part two is up today with more stories about Kobe's intense competitive drive, his feud with Shaquille O'Neal, and the love he had for his teammates. Subscribe to the Rejecting the Screen podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The worst thing about this game was the defense. The defense was just god-awful for most of this game. The Celtics offense tried to bail it out. They just couldn't get stops. They couldn't get stops in the second quarter when they needed them. They couldn't get stops down the stretch when they needed them. And San Antonio did. San Antonio poked the ball away from Kemba Walker there to basically seal the game, even though Jason Tatum got that three-point play at the end. Really, that that steal and dunk by DeJounte Murray, was that, that was the game winner. So, But the Celtics' defense was just was mostly not great. Now, they did force those 19 turnovers. That was good. And I think I think that's you know commendable, and, and that, I think, was certainly a big positive. But, okay, so you force turnovers. That is only part of it. That's, okay, 19 possessions. The San Antonio Spurs had 82 shot attempts. So you prevented 19 of them with turnovers, but there are still 82 shot attempts and they shot 46 of 82, 56%. And they shot 27 for 33 in the paint. That number is stupid. In that second quarter run, 10 straight makes. Got to get these stops. After the game, Brad Stevens was very clearly frustrated. Here he is. Post game. I mean, I think the bit, the number one thing in my eyes is, you know, our, I just don't, we're not holding down the fort. Like, we're not guarding the lane. We're not protecting the rim. We're not at the basket. And I'm not talking about our bigs. I'm talking about everybody. You know, the, the best verticality of the night was probably Thompson. The second best verticality of the night was probably Neesmith, right? It, everybody needs to you know, protect the rim better. We're just letting guys lay it in. And these guys are too good to beat if you lay it in. You know, I thought we did a decent job guarding the three, but, you know, they just had their way at the rim. 27 of 33 in the paint, that means it's too open. It means it's too easy. And so we just need to, you know, get better at that. The zone helped us. It got us back in the game. Um, but, uh, you know, we were, we were going – this, we were going to zone out of necessity tonight, you know, because we couldn't stop a nosebleed. Keith Smith. Hi, Brad. It, it, on the zone, is that something you envision going to often, or is it just because you couldn't get stops that you're you had to go there? I'd like to be able. I'd like to be able to be. I'd like to be able to play multiple defenses and multiple defenses well. But I think to do that, you have to play one well. And we're just not, you know, we've talked about it. We've got a lot of work to do. Um, and, you know, I think that that's something that if we're going to play small, if we're going to play big, whatever we play, we got to defend at a high level to have a chance to win because we're going to have our droughts just like everybody does. I thought we generated way better looks in the second half because we moved the ball and we tried to make the play side to side a little bit more. When we didn't, we usually struggled. John Corrales. 
Brad, the defense has been a, a constant issue here all season, uh, minus a few games here and there. Uh, can you put a finger on what's the primary cause of the defensive issues? Yeah. I mean, I got a, there's a lot of things, John, that we have to clean up, but we have to, it has to be a DNA. It has to be part of your makeup. It has to be that, that has to be the, you know, it is so important to winning that we just got to make it even more important on every possession. Um, I thought that that tonight stood out and I thought that our lack of ball movement in the first half stood out and maybe those two things played together. Um, but I think that those are the two areas that I'll take from this game that we've really got to improve upon. That last part right there, it has to be in your DNA. That's, that's the line that's going to stick with me here. What is he saying to his players? Because I asked him, can you put your finger on it? And he says, yup. There's a lot of things that we have to clean up, but it has to be in your DNA. So, He's like, yeah, John, I know exactly what's wrong. I can put my finger on it, no problem. In fact, it's a lot of things, but it has to be in your DNA. What's he saying to those guys? He's saying to someone or more than one person that you have to have that defensive drive as part of who you are fundamentally. Well, who's on the floor? It's all those same guys from last year. It's all those same guys. So he's talking to somebody or multiple people, but these are all guys who were part of top-ranked defenses, top five defenses in the past. So I thought that was super interesting. And I think that the Celtics are, for the first time in Brad Stevens' tenure, really not living up to their defensive potential. Because up until now, they have either been overperforming and people would say, how is this team good on defense? Or they've been really good on defense and people say, well, yeah, they should be really good on defense. Look, they've got Marcus Smart and Tatum's playing well and Brown's playing well. They should be good on defense. And even then you'd say it's a little surprising because Daniel Tice and whatever, whatever. But the Celtics have always, even with Isaiah Thomas on the floor, had a pretty good defense, better than expected defense. Now all of a sudden, the Celtics, over a short amount of time, it's still early, although the sample size is growing and it's not too small yet. It's still small. The Celtics have played 17 games, but at 17 games, you're starting to get a sense of who you are. This is supposed to be the... All right, all right, we, we're starting to see some trends emerge, okay? Now, it's a little different. I know that because Kemba's just coming back and Tatum's coming off of COVID and Robert Williams is coming off of COVID and all of these things. There are a ton of mitigating factors for sure. 
But the Celtics defense, and defense in general, is effort-based. You've got to try. And it's not that I see these guys trying and, oh, two guys just went to the same shooter and the rotation was off. That's not what I see. If I if I saw a team out there trying and just making mistakes, I would sit here and say, you know, that, that I tell you that exact thing. When I see a team that's not playing well, but it's trying to play well, then you look at it differently and you say, all right, well, what, what, what are they screwing up? This team is not trying to play defense as often as it should. They had a good defensive effort against Cleveland. They had a good defensive effort against Chicago. Those teams happen to just be mediocre teams. They've had good defensive stretches in the past. They've had good defensive stretches this season. This should be a good defensive team. You go down the line. Marcus Smart is obviously an all-defensive guy. Tatum, what was the big story last year? It's like, wow, he's this big offensive guy, but look at the defense that he's playing. Jalen Brown. Tristan Thompson, they added. He's a defensive player. They have guys, Shemi Ojale can play defense. Robert Williams can play defense. Grant Williams can play defense. You know, okay, Kemba is going to be a weak spot. We know that. But still, he's out there. Normally, he's trying. Daniel Tice anchored this defense last year. He's normally trying. But mostly, as Brad said, I'm not talking about our bigs. He's putting it on the wings. And I think one of the things that that the Celtics want to avoid this year is this potential. I'm not saying this is happening. I'm not saying this is whatever. I, I, but they want to avoid Tatum and Brown sacrificing defense for their offense. They want to prevent this changeover where some guys, I'm not saying it's these guys, not yet, but some guys will, as they become better offensive players, more, uh, their usage rate goes up in, in the offensive end. They sacrifice the defense because they want to save their energy for the offensive end. The Celtics cannot afford that drop-off. They cannot afford Tatum and Brown or anybody else on this team to say, well, we're going to be more of an offensive offensive team now. I'm going to be more of an offensive player than I was defensive. Defense is going to have to take a back seat here. That cannot happen. The Celtics are just not going to win that way. The Boston Celtics have to win by forcing turnovers, getting out in transition, and running it up that way, and that's going to fuel the three-pointers. That's what's going to fuel them. That's their formula. That's how they're going to win. The Celtics need to lock down the perimeter. They can't turn and let guys get past them so easily 
on the perimeter that they're they're putting a ton of pressure on those bigs because as good as the Celtics bigs can be, they're they're still not going to survive the other team attacking. Kelvin Johnson, the way he played in the second quarter, it was like it was freaking LeBron. It was insane what he was doing. It was like Giannis in a Spurs uniform for six minutes. He like morphed into this guy who's just attacking the rim like crazy. Cannot let that happen. Turning and looking and ball watching. Backdoor cuts kill the Celtics. The Celtics have to just be better. They have to be better defensively or else this is going to be a disappointing season. It's as simple as that. They can be so good. They can be a very good team. Offensively, I think I'm going to give them time to gel offensively. Defensively, they're also going to need time to gel for sure. But damn it, that effort has to be there more often. Just has to. The Celtics play the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday. I will be talking about that in the Monday podcast so i will not record one saturday night i will record it sunday evening for release on monday for you i will be back for podcasts uh, another podcast tomorrow the friday show for sure so make sure you're subscribed for uh wherever you get your podcasts and those regular listeners i hope you enjoyed this podcast i hope you rate it five stars and give it a good written review and share it. I hope you share it and tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.